So if you're uh, listening to Masters of the Cinematic Universe, you obviously love movies. Uh, I do too, because I host this podcast. And um, my pedal company, 37FX, um, definitely has a movie theme. So if you're looking for really cool guitar pedals and the bonus of having some uh, fun movie themes, uh, hit up the website, 37FX.com. That's the word 30, the number 7.com. Uh, you can find things like the Fat Guy Little Coat Fuzz and uh, soon to be released, the Tombstone Treble Boost, both, both based on some fantastic movies. So, uh, you know, hit the website up. We've got some great sound samples on there. And uh, you can also hit me up um, through Facebook or Instagram uh, with any questions you have. I really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. So here we go. Set the stage. It's a small town in Connecticut. Everybody is dead all over, except our heroine. She's caught. The spine sucker, he's got her pinned against the wall. Okay, now with this other hand, <laughs> he cracks open Greg's head. Greg, that's her boyfriend. And he smears his brains, you know, all over her breasts. The elevator is stuck. She can't get away. This thing, it comes out of him like a gangrene penis, you know, with a lobster claw. And it starts to burrow into her. The pain, it's unbearable. But she manages to reach the switch on the radial saw. And she, she rips it into him, okay? But he just smiles at her, okay? He just laughs at her because his stomach opens up and he absorbs it. Like he absorbs things, okay? And he goes on like clawing into her, okay? So now she's covered with blood and there's like an overhead shot, right? She starts to like slide down the wall like Tippy Hedren and the birds. And she's gonna die, that's all. Except that inside of him, that radial saw, it's still going, okay? It's still like spinning around inside of him. So all of a sudden, he starts shaking, okay? The saw rips out of his chest. There's this explosion of like mean pus and guts, you know? It just like pours out of him, you know, like a fire hose. But that spine sucker. He just like climbs on top of her, okay? Tries to shove that penis claw right down her throat, okay? She gets that radial saw, man, and she just hacks it off. She just hacks that penis claw right off, you know. He falls onto this metal spike. It goes straight through his face. Close shot. His brains spurt out, okay, like, like water from a fountain. And they just go up and slide down and go up and slide down. And they come up and they slide and they slide in the water. He's dead. He's dead. He is finally fucking dead. And we cut to her, and there's a crane shot, or at least I hope there's a crane shot. <laughs> and she walks away, and that's the end. Her enthusiasm. <laughs> or at least I hope there's a crane shot. Like, Yeah, I'm just like... And the way he's looking at her the entire time yeah. while she's telling this yeah. is how I'm looking at this movie while I'm watching it. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's one thing I, lo I love about this. And it, like, I got to be honest, the first time I saw it, this is the part, this particular part, I least, I liked the least in the whole movie because I hate those kind of movies. And at the time, 
that is what was just like running yes. rampant through Hollywood. Okay, and 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 with like success that doesn't make sense based on what these movies they, they just kept getting more and more and more ridiculous and here you have a guy who's like this altruistic like he's got this vision and he's got like no mine my dream has purpose and it has greatness and has vision and she's like they're completely opposite in what they are are, are searching for yeah for um, sure yeah. Honestly, I'd rather and, watch, I'd and they rather both watch can't see each other's side. <laughs> I will. I will say, as a horror fan, I appreciate the absolute yes. glee with which she yeah. <laughs> yes. presents her pitch, man. Like, yeah, I really love yeah. her kind of like just enthusiasm over this. Yeah, like it's it's coming from a, a place of passion. Oh, yeah. You can tell. Yeah, and and again, crane shot. And it, it again, the acting is just spectacular in the scene i mean she does a terrific yeah. job and that's a lot of dialogue to i mean this is a single yeah. take uh yeah of of just someone saying a lot of sentences <laughs> so but they're also in a yes. nice restaurant yeah that's the other weird thing is like she's talking about <laughs> penis claws and like brains right. spurting out all over the place and and that's the other weird thing is like she also kind of doesn't have they both are lacking filter. Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, they are both lacking a self awareness that that's oh, arresting. I, I completely agree. Yeah, he's he like tells her that he's interested in changing people's lives, and she like tries to be like, "Well, the girl's life has changed." She goes, "No, I'm at the audience." <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, the girl's yeah. life has definitely changed. Yeah. Um, so I, I got another really quick one here just because I don't know why this scene like made me laugh so hard because it's like what the fuck is going on here but uh, let me play this real quick did you say something? no but I sorry I'm deaf in this ear I, I got run I got run over when I was a kid my father actually my father ran me over he, uh, he didn't see me I was uh, in the driveway, it was autumn, under all these leaves, and he just backed up right over me. I was in a coma, I broke everything. Just here, here, here. What the fuck is going on in this movie? <laughs> See, this is where the movie started to feel to me like I was being trolled. Like, Yeah, I'm like... This is just she a clearly series. was not was run over. Because first of all, she's not dead. <laughs> Second of all, she's zero scars. Part. It's just like these yeah. these excessive, strange monologues, like one after the other, that are seemingly unrelated. And again, I felt like I was watching auditions for a play. Right. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> what the right. hell is going on in this fucking movie? I broke all this stuff, but the only thing is wrong is yeah. I'm deaf in this ear. Yeah, I'm deaf because like everything broke and I got run over by this car. And like, well, what is wrong with you? And see, but that's the beauty of it. If she just would have said, "I'm deaf in this ear," no big deal. But it's this preposterous thing. Like we're going, like, wait a minute, and how how is that? You got run over and all this stuff happened. But you're like, you couldn't hear what he said, and so now we have this. That's that's the reason that I love that is because they're like, well, it's this totally ridiculous story behind it. I guess the past is pointless because she overheard his conversation from across the room about being a movie <laughs> producer. 
Well, yeah. guys, guys, it, it, we're in the Hamptons. It's 1995. We've got about 30 minutes of this movie written, but I got the best idea. All right. This is the best idea ever, guys. All right. She's going to tell a story about how she got ran over and broke everything, and she's deaf, and that's why she's deaf. And we're going to put this in a movie, and it's going to make the movie the best movie ever. That's what happened making this movie, okay? Because someone was too high on Coke. Yeah. It's like. Yeah. yeah. So Plausible. some reason now they're in an airport hangar. I don't fucking understand why they're in an airport hangar running around. Well, I think uh, that was like that's Waxman's jet. And so, you know, I think, yeah. Yeah. But why would they go there? Because it worked <laughs> into the it worked into the shoot schedule. All right. It was at night, and it was cheap. Uh, okay. I guess. Yeah, that's that's what we call production exactly. value. You got some planes. Yes. You got yeah. Like, yeah. You know, so uh, she yeah. tells him that she's been working for the doctor for about two months now and that Roger's there to protect the doctor. And then uh, she asks why he lies. Um, I, <laughs> so I thank so I'm you. Gonna play this this is my of, favorite of dialogue also. in the whole movie. Yeah, I, I, so I gotta keep yeah. playing these things because like it's just good. Hey, can I ask you a question? Sure. How come you lie so much? What? You lie a lot. What do you mean? Oh, this afternoon in the theater, boy, you said some stuff to Roger. It sounded kind of stupid. I mean, the stuff about the movies and everything. I just kind of wonder about that, because the movies, that's California. We're in Dallas. You're talking to me. I'm not anybody. It feels like an awful lot of lying in the time I've known you, which isn't very long. Does that bother you? It might. I lie. I don't do it right, though. I always lie at the end when I'm scared and I don't get anything. You're lying at the beginning. I absolutely love that conversation. So I even have it in my notes. Uh, I, I dug the liar conversation. Um, absolutely dig that. Yeah. It, it's just, it's, you, you listen to that and you're like, okay, damn. that I. That's one of those things where I say, that's really good to call somebody out because we're all thinking it was like, holy, this guy freaking can't stop lying. And 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 she also doesn't have a filter because most right. people won't do that. So, you, again, you have these two people that are filterless and somehow, you know, thrown together yeah, because, because of the movie. The movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I definitely yeah, dug that. I mean. I uh, I did not dig it. <laughs> Can you dig it? No. So um, she she says she can get him a backstage pass for the show, but don't mention that it's from her. Um, you can tell there's a little bit of chemistry between the two of them, but he's taking a vow of celibacy. Um, yeah. She tells him to be quiet to stop talking. Then she starts like touching him and tells him she says she wants to tell him a secret. Um, to close your eyes and be quiet and like what do you hear absolutely nothing uh, then we get another Daniel Strong uh, cut away and there's for some reason a completely naked chick yeah we just get a random bit of yeah. full frontal nudity um, very oh, attractive yeah. mm. <laughs> kind of European style too yeah yeah I mean it's not bad I mean it's probably one of the more interesting yes. visuals of this movie but <laughs> I, I did like when she does say Stop talking. Yeah. So just shut Again, up. Again, that's it's it's arrestingly I did li- I like that as well. Honest. I agree. 
And I think that's one of the things, like, when we watch people, we're watching, uh, you know, in movies, you see people act, yeah. It's like, if you, it, it's, we're not used to people saying what's right. really on their mind. Yeah. Unless you're, like, talking to me, and then you get the brutally honest truth all the time. Regardless. Because <laughs> I have no filter. No, Joe, Joe is filterless. Regardless. Yeah, regardless. Um, no. Todd doesn't know what regardless means, but back when Doug was listening to Just Surprise Me, he, he, he called me out on my bullshit. Like, whenever I'm wrong about something, I just keep going on about it more and more and more, and I say regardless. Because regardless means I'm wrong, but yeah, <laughs> fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm no, just no, glad you no, didn't say irregardless because then I would have said them. that. Yeah, no, I'm always like, I'm like, people are, t- I'll go on in some fucking tangent and then someone will correct me and I'll be like, yeah. regardless. So. <laughs> yeah. Having said that, <laughs> I say that on the show all the oh, time. That's the best because it, it takes all the power away <laughs> back. <laughs> this is, this is uh, a very tasty thing. Having said that, <laughs> exactly. it's really awful. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So we go down to the the, the the front desk of the hotel where he's checking out, and the guy brings up he has a double room, even though he says he's by himself. The guy's like, yeah, we got you. Like, we saw you bring a chick up in there, um, which I didn't realize there was a difference, like, in room prices if you have two people staying there versus one. I thought it depends on the ho- Depends room. on the hotel, but that is a thing. Yeah, yeah, no, it was always more people back then. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he wants to put it on his credit card. Of course, the card's declined, so he pays cash. Somehow he just magically yeah. gets a bunch of cash. Don't understand. Well, this scene's even fucking important, I guess, unless maybe just to know that she stayed with him. Um, this that particular scene, it just it again, he's like running his card and he's making up excuses. That's what I got from it. It's like he's in a he's in another situation where he's in in normal people would be would be shrinking, and he just isn't because he he just is not self aware. Yeah, and. And somehow it's this other person's fault for all this stuff. Yeah. Uh-oh. Doug lost. We lost Doug. Oh. He'll be back. I knew he was going to do it. <laughs> we can keep going, though, because uh, he's not missing much at this point. <laughs> yes. So um, we go to, to to Waxling's or Waxling. I don't know can, why. You guys can hear me, oh, though, yeah, right? Everyone else is good. This, this, Doug okay, does good. this re- re- frequently. This is kind of Doug's thing. He gets drunk okay. on box wine and drops out. <laughs> 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 so we go to Waxling, who for some reason I keep wanting to call it Wexling. I don't know why. Like yeah. I can't fucking figure out if it's Wexling or Waxling this entire time. But I think it's Waxling. Yeah. Um, Martin's like now tied up and being interrogated by a security guard and then Roger. Um, Martin's just like quoting shit from the book the whole time too. Like. <laughs> Yes. Um, he says he has a pass, and then Roger like says, "Yeah, it's got Marie's handwriting all over it." <coughs> um, and now at this point, uh, Waxling walks out as Martin's trying to bullshit like uh, Roger again. Um, Roger starts reading off all the fucking like shit about him. You know, you're this, and you're this, and you're this, and you're this. Um, mm-hmm. <coughs> and then Martin's like, "Are you threatening me?" Because um, for some reason, like that's his go-to. Like, oh. So you're mm-hmm. threatening me, huh? Um, at this point, Waxling comes out, uh, and then Martin like immediately flips the switch and just starts kissing his ass as much as he can. Oh yeah, yeah. It's really weird when you when that like in the movie you see that 
and, and he he completely loses his sort of shell of dissolution. Yeah, exactly. He, um, and um, Waxling like is pissed off and just asks, "Like, are you fucking my woman?" <laughs> <laughs> and um, of course, you know he's like he's like no, but uh. Waxing's like, okay, Roger, then just re-ask the question again. Um, and then Wax, and then Roger fucking says it again as Waxing hits Martin as hard as he can. Yeah. And Waxing says he hates two things, people who lie and people who fuck his women. <laughs> uh, Martin says he isn't lying, of course, um, which we all know that he's not lying because that's not really what he's into, apparently. Uh, maybe if Waxing had read his own book. Uh, True. So Waxling says that, you know, she has a low self-image and she's easily manipulated, which is kind of fucked up. (laughs) Well, this is also, we're seeing Waxling, who is, I think, uh, this was like a tiny peek behind the curtain. So all the, you know, the the, uh, self-help people and evangelists and everything, you know, all, they pro, they portray this sense of self and the sense of wisdom and the sense of they've got control and they're upstanding, you know, forthright people. And here's a guy who's like selling this stuff and he's conviction when he looks at the camera and then he's like, Are you fucking my woman? Yeah. You know, like, oh, yeah. What? It's, it's very much <laughs> like the, you know, the wizard behind the curtain. You exactly. Know I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's just kind of a douchebag. Like, but, again, he's been built up in this guy's mind as, as almost a deity, you know, oh, yeah. for his yeah. for his knowledge and for, you know, writing this book. And, um, yeah, to see the facade fall off is, is interesting. And, um, you know, just just to play with that. And, like I said, these, these are the nuggets in this movie that I do appreciate. Like, I... I I don't hate everything about what's happening here. There are some some <laughs> there are some nice little philosophical uh nuggets here to be had. And this is one of them, man. Mm-hmm. Like this was a cool thing to explore. Um especially for this character. Yeah. So Waxling tells uh tells Martin that Marie tells him everything. And then M- Martin like says, "Yes, she slept with her, but there was no sex. Like literally just slept together." He was like trying to test himself like Daniel Strong. And Waxing's like, you read that? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh. <laughs> and that is where we're, uh, I mean, we're almost saying, yes, we read it. Because like, up to this point, yeah. we're starting to believe it too. You know, and we're seeing the scenes of, of Daniel Strong. And this is, a, this is now becoming a very tangible thing. Yeah. And then it's shattered, like, immediately. You read yeah. this? <laughs> Martin tells him that he wants to like discuss uh, business because he wants to make his book into a movie. He wants to milk, help him make a whole bunch of money. Literally, rip the pages out of your book and put them on the screen. Yeah, I love how he also says, "I have a business purpose. I have, you know." And he he's like he you can see him start to wind his own gears back up, yeah. you know, and say, "I have, I've got a very something. I've, I'm, it's special. I can't." And you know what? Can I talk to you over here about it? Because I can't tell you this in front of these other people, this one other people. Yeah. I just it's just you and me. We need to talk about how special this is. 
<laughs> then Waxing gets him aside in this little side room and tells him, like, well, half a million dollars and it's yours. Martin's like, that's yeah. a little bit more steep. You need to be more realistic. But, um, Joe, let's not forget the transition between that scene and this scene was an inexplicable weird freeze frame. Oh, like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's with like a, one of my beefs. A backdrop. Yeah. yeah, this backdrop falls. And it almost felt like maybe this backdrop really fell, like it wasn't planned, and the actors got scared, and they thought, you know what, this was fun. Let's let's just pause it here for a moment to reflect on how, you know, serendipitous this was, for, and we'll just move on. <laughs> yeah, I can see. I that. think you're being too nice. <laughs> maybe, <Yeah>. maybe. <laughs> um, Martin tries to like bullshit him, like I'll give you a couple thousand dollars right now, and then. Wait for the money to come in. Uh, Waxling like starts realizing that this dude doesn't have shit. <laughs> He's like, "Give me your wallet." Yeah. Uh, he opens the wallet and is unimpressed. And Martin's like, "Well, I don't keep my money Where's there." Where's the money, man? Where's the money, man? <laughs> Give us the money, Lebowski. Uh, Waxling called him. He called him a guy in a suit who shags his receptionist and then wants to sit up at the grown-ups table talking movie deals. <laughs> yeah. Get money. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh God, that guy's a douche. Um, I can't. Can you imagine anybody else playing that part? Though? No, no. Because he had he had to do so like the range that Hopper had to do here. Like, it was. I thought, yeah. I mean, we've talked about like the acting in this is is very. Is the the very acting good. is and, very good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's that's not in question. Yep. <laughs> You believe that there is a almost a like a there is a very shallow, almost sinister, but not quite sinister, just a ne'er do well behind this guy, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I and I also appreciate that up until this point, every character that um, he encounters um, sees through him in, mm-hmm. in some way or another, whether it's his wife or. Marie, or I mean, it just even Kim in his own way sort of sees through his uh, bravado for what it is. So yeah, definitely. And that, but that's also endearing. That's the, for some reason, you know, uh, half of these people at least find that you're like, well, actually, you're. It is. It's yeah, an endearing because he's undeterred by it. Sometimes he's completely undeterred by it. Yeah. So we go to an airport, and he's trying to get a ticket to Miami, which is $748.19. Yes. Um, he tries to talk it down, but then he eventually just leaves the airport. Um, goes and meets up with Marie, who had got fired. Um, she says, uh, you know, or he asks her about, like, um, about uh, waxling in her. She says she was into it at first. Uh, she said, have you ever felt... I had the feeling your body's being operated at a distance by somebody else. At which point he asked if that's what he did. And she goes, no, like, cause nothing could fucking just make sense in this movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the scene meet to me that that's that was that throwback to, you know, when, when, uh, walking goes, you smoke. I love that line. Um, Martin says he's going back to Florida that he needs, and then he just like breaks down and says, no, he's lost. Uh, she then now finally realizes he's not a movie producer. Um, but maybe he is, because he is what he says he is. Um, yeah. He asks if 
She's got nothing to lose at this point either. Neither no, one yeah, of them do. He asks if she believes in anything. She says no. She says believing is anything. Believing in things is embarrassing because you're different. Um, he believes in himself. He believes in uh, his power to affect things. Talk, talking about his uh, his best friend uh, Kim. Um, yeah, his new best exactly. friend. Who we, right. we had a conversation for ten minutes. Not with. even. It was literally like yeah. forty five seconds. But he's got his business card, so it's all <laughs> um, good. Yep. She says go to New York, and then he realizes that's what he should do. Um, she's about to like just walk away, and he asks her to go with him and be his assistant. <laughs> But he can't pay her. Yeah. He can't buy a plane ticket, and he's not even like slightly embarrassed about it. He is. He, she even says that you're not even embarrassed, yeah. are you? He's like, nope. I, I'm pretty sure she says something along those lines. He says yeah. things need to change because his plane had a non-standard touchdown, <laughs> which isn't a crash. Apparently, it's just when the landing gear went open, so they spray the runway with foam. Um, he tried not to be afraid, but he couldn't. The fear would just come with him. Um, and she she says it is a crash, and then he says he's that she has a cousin in New York that can stay with that won't cost anything. <laughs> um, it cuts to a scene of like Waxling's place with him sleeping. I, I can't tell if this is back in the studio or if this is like actually his place. Uh, and she breaks in and steals her typewriter back, but she wakes him up, of course, because she's not very quiet. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we get this weird ass like train montage. Because <laughs> we mean, needed a montage at this point. <laughs> you mean to tell me this movie has another weird montage yeah, it's in it? It's almost like a film yeah. noir <laughs> montage. Is kind of yeah. Weird. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just kept imagining hearing train kept rolling oh, <laughs> oh, in the background. Um, all of a sudden, they show up at some of. There's an apartment in New York, and there's a lady painting crazily in a. Martin gets introduced and literally just asks, is there a telephone here? Like, within, like, one second. Doesn't even say, like, hi or how are you doing or thank you for letting me come here. It's just like, where's your telephone at, bitch? Well, he's very important. He's a movie producer. He's very important. Got things to do. Yep. So he calls uh, Kim, and then we get this voiceover from Waxling about don't help a man. The best thing you can do is kick him really hard in the head. Well, his stomach is groin. The harder, the better. Wake up. We're lazy, afraid to change, and addicted to pain. Which he's watching it with... Marie and the other girl, which after this guy's been such a dick to all of them, like why are they watching him? It's the it's the power of persuasion, man. And that's if you think about it, the best thing you what he says, the best thing you can do for somebody is kick him in the head. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's like he he did that, and they're like, yeah. This is this great. Movie, this Do movie it kicked again. me in the head and the groin and the stomach really <laughs> fucking hard. <laughs> That's what this is another thing I don't like about this movie is that you can make anything in it sound self-important and it's probably yeah. not. It, it's like Doug said, it's just a coke-fueled, you know. Let me uh, go back to number three. Just because it <laughs> happened to you doesn't make it interesting. <laughs> It's like I could go on and say, look, Joe, what he's trying to do here is illustrate the, you know, the danger of the power of belief. And, and you know, no, no, he's not. Yeah. He's See, not. what he's trying to do is that what he's actually doing is making me get more and more irritated. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I like this. So I like Kim this movie is, more. Uh, if it's making you irritated, I actually might like this movie more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. So Kim's in his office looking at a picture. Um Martin walks in and they greet each other. Martin talks about traveling and talks about painting. Um, 
It, it's worth mentioning, though, that, you know, this isn't the sort of, uh, you know, um, the, the Christopher Walken with the kind of fluffy, strange, kind of almost goofy smile guy. I mean, he's got ink black slicked hair back. that's slicked yeah. back in a in a in like a double breasted suit. I mean, he's business. He, he almost looks like really terrifying looking because he's so sleek. Yeah, I can see that. Um, wow. Oh, wow. Wow. No, he really does. He, he, he is intense in this movie in a very walkany way. Yeah. Well, this is when he really starts coming into, if we, you know, we take a side shoot out to walking, um, everything up until this point, he's been playing characters. This is like one of the first times that we almost see him playing himself. Right. Yeah. Like what if Walken did this, yep. what would it be like? He's walkenizing already. You know, with the with the whispers. Yeah. And and you know, a you lot know. of this And the crack and the voice crack. A lot of the walking stuff here too is just him staring at at this guy who's talking for six straight minutes, you know, per scene. Yeah. And I mean that does a lot of character work. It's like I'm really listening. His, his face. What his face is doing when he's when he's listening to Griffin Dunn, this hapless, completely delusional, um, borderline, utterly naive person. I mean, he's. It's almost like he's got a new puppy, yeah. yes, and, or a new baby, and he's watching this Absolutely. thing and with delight. You know, like a almost like a shark and a seal, just like, hey, this is gonna be fun, yeah, isn't it? No, that's true. Yeah, so. Uh, he gets back on the book again, all the bullshit. Um, so we're talking about the <laughs> strong and how he's staying with some girl and she's an artist. Kim asks about business and uh, Martin brings up his uh, Florida conversation about the book. Martin says he met with Waxling and starts to lie about it. Um, and then I'm going to play this little scene real quick because he kind of flips out. I just came back from Dallas where I met with Dr. Waxling. Huh? Yes. Well, we... We discussed my proposal at great length, and he seemed very impressed. Well, uh, look, I'm not going to try to kid you here. It it was not like a raving success, okay? He didn't see me. He couldn't perceive me as being a... He wants the cash, all all the cash up front, or he's not going to give me the rights. Well, that's legitimate. Legitimate? Come on. I mean, half a million dollars, huh? Half a million? All right, I can talk him down. I can do that easily. But I think what he wants is he needs to just be convinced. He needs he needs to see it. He wants to see it. He wants to smell it. Perfectly legitimate request. But what I want to do is I want to just take the cash, right? I want to go up to his face and I go, look, here's cash. Come on, let's do it. Let's go, okay? Let's go because because quite honestly, I was off balance. That's not my town, Dallas. Come on, what is Dallas, you know? You know, the thing I learned is, and what I realize now, is if it, it doesn't matter who I am, okay? It doesn't matter what I believe. It's action, all right? It's all about taking action. That's what I'm going to do. So, yeah, he kind of goes off on a tangent. Doesn't even give Christopher Walken a chance to talk. Oh, Kim, a chance to talk if I can even call him. Yeah. He's just walking always. So he's like, and then he literally just, everything he says, he shuts down two seconds later. Yeah. It's, it's, this, 
when you're watching this character, it's definitely like watching somebody who is used who's used to talking to themselves. Yes. Also known as crazy. <laughs> yeah, I you resemble know? that remark. Um I I love how he he's he's listening. He's 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 starting to to come up with all the different ways of spinning his lie or his uh his own conviction or whatever. And then he's just realizing it's like it this is the first time that we actually see him say yeah, no, this is just all bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Here's the deal. <laughs> um, but then he goes back for it. He's like, all right, that we, that was a breakthrough. Now let's go back to the old way. So Kim tries to, like, ask what he can do to help him. Um, and then Martin, like, implies that he would do anything to get money, which uh, Kim, like, starts, like, uh, wondering what the hell he means. Uh, he goes, I make a lot of money, like, but maybe I, he needs help. Um, he still thinks that Kim is a drug dealer, but Kim definitely is not a drug dealer. He's a businessman who does market analysis. Um, instantly, Martin apologizes to him and tells him he's stupid. But Kim <laughs> says, don't apologize, of course, because it's one of the rules. Um, but he thinks the perspective is valuable. Uh, he may have some friends that can help him find money that this has to be done. Uh, Kim says change is hard and we're not free. Then, as they're walking out of his office, they look over and Daniel Strong's killing his dad in another office. Yeah. <laughs> that was so good. And they both they both reflect on it. They both stop. Hmm. They look and they like they're like, right? I wonder what was actually happening in that room. It doesn't matter, Joe. <laughs> no, it really does. In the grand scheme, probably not. Um, so Kim Kim invites him to dinner and says to bring his friend, the artist. Which, of course, no, he doesn't. never shows up. <laughs> he brings Marie. Yeah. They go to this weird, like, Japanese geisha <laughs> restaurant where there's all kinds of music and so dancing. So great. Um, now, on the geisha... Okay, let's let's hold it for a minute on the geisha thing. Okay. This is another me- moment where you see, I think, um, also for a lot of people that don't live in super expensive, ultra-wealthy, ultra-exclusive Manhattan... Like, this is a plausible situation where it's like, oh, where else are you going to, is this going to be happening? Unless you're actually in Tokyo or something, right? And the fact that all these, all these businessmen clearly know who he is. And it's just like, it's such a juxtaposition of, of what we're used to seeing. And again, here's Christopher Walken, who up to this point is playing the like straight guy in heavy drama and thriller and he comes up to the mic and he starts it's like karaoke now fast forward five years to fat boy slim doing weapon of choice and guess who's singing and dancing just like he was in this movie but i'm pretty sure spike jones saw this movie i'm pretty sure that this scene doesn't even need to be in this movie. We could have cut like another five it, minutes oh, out of this movie. It's so good. Yeah. It's so Th- good. This is the point at which I thought someone slipped something in my, my drink. Yeah. I, I mean, he tells a Charles happening. Manson joke. I know, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was talking to Charlie Manson. And Martin's sitting there looking at him like, yeah, that's the Oh, no. He, yeah, he was completely enamored with Manson. Kim at that point. But I, yeah. I, think, I, I, I think then. Again, this scene is uh, the attempt was there. I understand 
the reasons behind it, but it just falls short. They, it, I think they wanted to have a Tarantino moment in this movie, and this is the best attempt that David Sally could come up with, and it just falls flat for me because it's not well done. Someone should have told him Tarantino. Yeah, it's it just that, that's what it is. Yeah. It's it's construction it, it, it's so, for me. It's not constructed well, you know. Yep. And this is one of the reasons because I embraced that this was not a linear movie that I was like, oh, wow, what's in, what's down this doorway here? This is crazy pants. It's like we're in Wonka. I love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very much, yeah. It's like Willy Wonkin. Willy Walkin. It, it is like Willy, uh, like like Chris Walken is a little Willy Wonkish. Yeah. That's yeah, hard that's to true. say. Walk- Willy Wonkish. Willy Walken. Hey, I'm a Willy Walken. You want to come to my candy factory? <laughs> <laughs> It's like Joey. You sound like Joey Bananas from Brooklyn. I don't know what is he, what I is sound that? like somebody who's fucking pissed at this movie. <laughs> so we're back at the apartment, and Martin asked Marie to take notes down that he needs to get a new suit. Um, she asked for some reason what kind of name Kim is, because like that's important. Um, and then Martin uh, wants to get something for Kim, maybe some cologne or champagne. And then the phone rings, and he says, don't answer the phone on the first ring because it sounds desperate. Oh, yeah. He, he jumped all over for that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and But see, there, there, that's where, that's where like, the scene before, I think, has credence. Because he's feel, he was feeling beat. He's like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And then he goes like, oh, man, I had this fantastic night. I'm Now his delusion is back in full force. And he walks in swinging himself like... Like he's he's self-important, like someone who is successful, who has already gotten to the point where he wants to be, would would act. I need a new suit. I need a, don't answer that. He's he's just like, and she's like, yes. Ah, uh, there's the old, there's the guy who's got the dream, who's got the the moxie. Yes. Oh, I'll I'll help you right away. So you have this. This guy's going through this this ebb and this flow of like this. Do he does he believe in himself or has he got the dream or whatever? And it's just it's a wild ride. That that is uh, definitely a way to describe it. <laughs> I know it doesn't make you guys like it, it, it anymore. Wild ride. I'm just explaining, you know. <laughs> so so next we get um, another part of the movie. Like I like this part of the movie, but I hate the fuck this fucker for saying Miami sucks because fuck him because Miami's awesome. <laughs> Uh, but I'm going to play a fairly decently length scene here because this scene is actually pretty pretty interesting. This this scene is absolutely amazing. So here we go. I hate fucking Miami. You're not safe in Miami. How the fuck you live there? I don't know. Miami. Fucking Miami. The fucking scheme town. Fucking Cubans. Crazed fucking mothers. I hate fucking Miami. Miami, huh? You're not safe in Miami. How the fuck you live there? I don't know. Martin doesn't live in Miami, Ron. Where the fuck does he live? Boca, Boca Raton. You're fucking crazy. Man. New York. New York. New York. Well, last summer. How was it? The best. Last summer. Ever been to Shea Stadium? No. He's huh? never been there, Ron. Wait, we get there. This is at Shea. We get there. The limo I got, I'm with the, the, 
Carol Stedderhead, you know, the, the fitness. Amazing body. Mm. <sighs> Fucking amazing body. And I had for this occasion, I put aside my very best, lovely, lovely product. Okay, well, no, no, I care about it very deeply. So, okay, we get the shape. It's fucking Batman. Everybody with the bats. 50,000 bat wheels and sociopaths. Security's very tight. I have a private booth in the circle. This is through GE. I'm a little addictive exec at GE. So we are trapped. Me and Carol and my client, they see, has fucked me over. Because there's already somebody there. You know who? That talk show guy. He's always got like three drag queens and a Satanist. And he's there with a girl. He can't be more than 14. Oops, fucking guy. My daughter watches that show. In between us, he's a big substance abuser. I, I ask Millie. I mean, I come to watch a ball game with my good friend Carol, and I'm forced to encounter Stevie baby fucking cokeheads. So one thing leads to another. The lightness goes out the window. He comes at me. Let their stray in hand. Please. What do I do? I have a bat. I have a bat. I take this bat. I quaint this individual in the head with this bat. Boom! Right? Boom! He doesn't go down. Please. He walks out the door. Comes back with two security guards. Ain't there a problem here, boys? Well, uh, this man, big, 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 well, I completely understand. And here's uh, something for your trouble. How much? I give this good man $1,000 US currency, and they are very grateful. Mr. Microphone sits down, doesn't speak, doesn't move the rest of the night. Moody fucking person. Let's take it. Great ball. Home with Carol where we romp in the flower of our youth. I win. I dominate. I get all the marbles, and that is why I love New York! I don't look good in clothes. I just... How much you pay for that suit? Nothing but a suit, Ron. It was a gift. Fuck you. I'm a fan. Bogus. Madison Avenue. Repressed skank. Spent four years sucking bung water at Hofstra, just like me. What is it, Marvin? It's Martin. Yeah, well, what are we here for? Okay, okay, Ron. So... Okay, so... <laughs> that's a fucking crazy-ass, just, like, run-on sentence that never ends. Yeah. That was it is, and it's John Turturro at his, like, w w we were all just beginning to be exposed to, to John Turturro, this, like, sort of crazy kind of actor guy. This was just an outtake from the writer's room, I feel, of yes, this movie. This, this is, <laughs> so within the movie, all right, Ron is not, he doesn't do drugs, okay, but he is the... He is the encapsulation of the drug-fueled parties that created this movie. Like, that character is what happened when they wrote this flick. And, mm -hmm. like, I even think that, you know, again, it's about construction. The choreographed Taylor scene when the music is playing with, with the, the people coming in and out of the... the yeah, exactly. like out of Hudsucker it, Proxy yeah, or something. You mean the, uh, the blasphemous it, it, scene where they talk shit it, about well, Miami? Whatever. Okay, it it pissed me off because it was a fucking Coen Brothers ripoff. Okay, but poorly executed. No, but they, they hadn't had. even started yet. Are you kidding me? Yes, that early with with, with their style Arizona, and stuff. Miller's Crossing, Barton Fink, and the Hudsucker Proxy all came out before ah. this movie. Barton Fink all and came Hudsucker Proxy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. for me, it's right. like they said, you know. They're at these parties. They say, hey, we, we got to have a scene like this in this movie because it's going to be the best thing ever. And they, it's just poorly executed. It could have been cool, but it also didn't belong. It doesn't belong in this movie. It doesn't make any kind of continuity sense to have this choreographed thing I, in the middle of this movie like this. I agree with you. It And, I mean, it fizzled out, too. I mean, it was done... Like, if you're talking about from a technical perspective, 
you had moments where the camera like didn't feel like it yeah. knew where to go. And mm-hmm. so it's just like, right. or, or, or the, the actors. actors. Yeah. At, yeah. Even one shot from that sequence is like, all right, just, just, just uh, pull up to a shirt and we'll, you know, we'll transition it to the exactly. next shot. But it wasn't clean. So you had like this out of focus. It just wasn't technically executed. So, yeah, I mean, again, it goes, yes. it goes, I think they, for me, the whole thing where the movie fails is intent versus execution. That's where it falls short for me. The intent is there. I understand what they were trying to hit, but they missed. And and this scene definitely is the epitome of that for me. I can get behind that with the mechanics of it, as the uh, with the you know, and right out of the gate, the, the HUD Sucker Parks thing. I yeah. completely forgot yep. that was Coen Brothers, to be honest. Um, but that this, oh no, know, I love yes. HUD Sucker Proxy. Um, but but that makes sense in Hudsucker Proxy, and you can tell that it is a they're right. they're reaching for it for sure. If you take that out, what what I love is we are we're 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 met with John Turturro, who visually speaking, you know, he looks like yes, Rosanna Rosanna Dana almost. <laughs> it like, is great, like his hairs. Yes. All out the side, he's got this crazy mid nineties funky suit on. It looks like it looks like a cross between <laughs> Arsenio Hall and Rosanna Rosanna Dana. And I his his whole rant about, you know, the the twenty thousand bat wielding yeah, bat wielding sociopaths. <laughs> like I it's like this is gonna be fun. And you and and then cutting back to walking and you see him, he's delighted yeah. at this crazy friend of his. And and him going on and on and on about Florida, and then he goes, he doesn't live there, bro. Yeah. Well, he does live in Florida. Right. He doesn't live in Miami. <laughs> I, <laughs> which um, <laughs> I, I find it funny to my earlier comparison about the bullshit artist um in like who he could be compared to. Do you know where uh-huh. Mar-a-Lago is? It's in fucking Boca Raton. <laughs> yeah. The parallels are yes. eerie. The parallels they, are eerie there. And yes. I just got to bring that out there. <laughs> so so Ron is a businessman and um, knows about trust and discretion. Martin tells him he wants to finance a film. When he asks for the movie, though, he, get, he tells him about Marie's screenplay for some reason. He doesn't bring up what he actually wants to film. Right. I, and when, when, when you see that happen, you can see that he is, he's seeing the cracks in his own... Yeah, that that at least, at least that's what I picked up on it. Like when he does that, he's like, "Okay, I've tried to convince so many people about this thing that I have a vision for, and I'm this is the movie I'm going to make." But I think that people, I'm just going to go for the easy one here. It's like he switches tactics. It's like he can tell him about this great thing he wants, or he can. Selling this thing that he's probably gonna like. Oh, that sounds yeah. great. Uh, we flash over to Marie, who's now writing another story on the typewriter called Dead World. Um, then we flash back over. <laughs> Kim starts telling Martin that Ron knows lots of people. Um, he tells him if he floats his condo for a couple days, he can get some money. Uh, and Martin asks Kim what he wants. Like, does so you want like twenty percent or something? Kim's like, I don't need money. Look at me, I have money. I just want to do something important. And then they start quoting the book at each other again, like long lost lovers. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, 
we get back another Daniel Strong flash, and it's uh, him getting nourished by the wilderness. This is where he's killing the animal. Um, and yeah. then he gets the, the wilderness's secrets. Uh, yeah, that that was definitely uh, really happening there, was it not? <laughs> yeah. 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 Ugh. Uh, we get now to a warehouse in uh, Ozone Park set up by Wrong where there's going to be a drug deal going on. Um, the dealer shows up. They're acting all fucking weird like everyone in this movie does. <laughs> uh, Ron introduces like uh, the, the, the clients to each other. Martin shakes hands, which is awkward because like, I guess you don't shake hands with drug dealers. I don't really fucking know. <laughs> yeah, he has no idea what to yeah. do in this. And then he pulls out the money. Uh, the dealer says um, that he had met Martin or someone like him before, he thought. Um, he says, nope, he was thinking about a good man, and then asks Martin if he's a good man. Uh, tries to shake up Martin about cheating him. Uh, one of the goons goes outside to get the drugs, and they start making small talk for some reason about where he's from. Uh, apparently he's Honduran, and he's only been here for three years. Um, the last person who needs some Coke tries the Coke and says it's yeah. good. <laughs> then he pulls out a fucking, like, gigantic, like, deli scale. Where did that come from? It was so great. Which is hilarious. Well, it just shows, like, they none of them know how yeah. to do this. Like, this is the biggest fucking yeah. scale I've ever seen, too. I'm like, why oh, is this it, thing It's even funny here? to just to um, talk about uh, the actor. He His face, like, I kept, like, flashing. I know this guy. I know this guy. He played Skank in The Crow. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. Oh, and, wow. And so he was such an oily, weaselly, dumb, a dumb as fucking dirt character in that. And so I give the actor credit, his name is Angel David, to, to just make that transformation into this character, even in that small role. It's very cool. Yeah. Um, so the dealer says, you don't trust me, and gets all pissed off and leaves. Um, and Kim just wants to use his yeah, scale. I, uh, <laughs> I brought a scale. I brought the scale with me. I'm going to weigh the cocaine. Joe, I, I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm gonna to ask <laughs> I'm you. It on purpose. I'm doing I it got on two purpose. Things this to point. say. Please, first, please stop doing the accent. And the next time we have my son Tim on, ask him to do all right, his Chris Walken, and you will shit yourself because it is flawless. All right? Okay. Uh, yeah, I do have only certain accents. Yeah, I yeah really as in anyway, zero. So. That's not true. No, I can do. I can do. I can do Maury <laughs> from Big Mouth. <laughs> and and I can do Rush Limbaugh pretty good. I said it before, Joe. If your life depended on doing an accent, you would not be around. Just okay. That, that's not true. Because I want to. I want to get uh, Tony Monjet from our <laughs> Halloween episode to be Donald Trump, and I can be Rush Limbaugh. And we can have a great conversation. Right. I, I might pay to listen to that. I'm sorry. I di I digress. <laughs> Please proceed. All right. So um, I'm getting ready to play a clip anyway. So here we go. What was that? What just happened here, Ken? We're we're so close. What what happened here? I'm wondering if this is set up. Huh? They left somebody behind in, in, with guns. They got guns or something. Oh, oh, a setup. There's no phone in this room, is there? Uh, no, Ron. <laughs> no phone. Why didn't you just take them off? I knew your fucking butcher shop scale. He's always got to be different. I just... Whoa! What the fuck is that, man? What's it look like? Kimmy, fuck me. You should have told me, man. <laughs> told you what? That you had a gun? I would have told you to shoot yourself first. <laughs> you got no business with a fucking gun, man! 
can't have an adventure without a gun. This isn't an adventure, Kim. This is business. Hey, give me that. No! Hey, hey, you can get us all killed, fucker. <laughs> can't you read the signs? I keep on your packing, we'd all be dead. Yeah, still time for that, isn't it? Okay, that's it. We're done here, right? Let's go. Let's go. Let's get in the car right now. This is over. Right now. Bring the gun. Let's bring the scale. Come on. Let's go in the car. You gonna come? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> I love it. Give me the gun. No. no. I like how he hears a police siren and then decides, like, well, okay, we'll just shoot a gun. <laughs> Yeah, because right. that makes sense. <laughs> There's no phone in here, is it? It's like they're. I know. This scene, this scene is genuinely funny. Like it's 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 genuinely funny. It's like, so good. I am fucking stressed out. There's yeah. still time for that, like, isn't there? These people are just stressing me the fuck out this whole movie. I'm like, can you all just like fucking be cool? Like, have they never um. heard of be cool, bro? Well, this is also a, an interesting point in the film because you you see, uh, you see, Griffin Dunn's character sort of begin to question like what is like question the validity of yeah. of uh, Kim's clout. Um, yes, you know, power or yeah. clout. Exactly, clout. No, yeah, he, no, he's definitely thinking what have I gotten myself into? Like, yes, there's no question. It's coming yeah. to the surface now for him. Um, and by the way, Ozone Park, it's not even close to the worst place in Queens. I'm just letting you guys know that. It's not the best, but, I mean, I dated a girl from <laughs> Ozone Park back in the uh, Brook Shields days. So, um, you know, it's not so bad. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead. All right, so they're in a car. It sounds good. They're in a car driving. Uh, Martin wanted to double his money, and he's mad. Kim didn't want to deal with that dealer. Ron says, I have a thought. Um because so, he's cooled down a little bit, not, and he's thinking now, maybe not yeah. drugs. Uh, Martin's like, I need to get Marie because it's her birthday, and then Kim tries to like uh, tell him why. Why does she need to come there? We don't need her. Tell her it's a change of plans. Tell him that Martin wants to bring her because it's her birthday, and he to the rainbow room. Out. At Thirty Rock. Yep. Yep. I didn't know rainbow room is uh, the NBC top of the NBC building, Thirty Rock. Very classy restaurant. So Marie is uh, at the place getting ready to go out. Martin comes in and says how pretty she is. Um, he says they have to go, but they have to stop somewhere and do something first. He says he got a car. She's like, oh, you got a yeah. car? And he's like, yeah, but it's not what you think. <laughs> There's other people in it, I think she, he says to her. <laughs> yeah. Um, she, she asks if they're still going out. Um, he's like, yes, but we got to stop in New Jersey. She wants to bring I a cake know. with her for some reason. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> I made a yeah. cake. Ron, uh, now they're back in the car. Ron asks her about working with Martin and asks if she's an actress. And she says she's almost a, she's a writer. Then all of a sudden, for no reason, they almost get in an accident. But no yeah, reason to was... like, worry about that. <laughs> I know. That was totally <laughs> random and unnecessary. <laughs> And then we get the line, happy fucking birthday. Do what you do with the passion. Well, he, and we walk in, does a little, uh, oh, he sings he a little song right boy? there, yeah. too, which is really yeah. odd. I'm shoeshine yeah. boy. Yeah, I mean, there you go. There's like, that's, people that's, that do that in high stress situations oh, are definitely. legitimately questionable. <laughs> so that's where you see, like, okay, He's starting to act irrational, and now he's right. making he's singing "Shoe Shine Boy," which is like happy song in the midst of this craziness. And you, and we 
as a viewer start to go like, oh, yes. this egg. No, is you're absolutely yeah. right, Todd. That that kind of person and someone who hums to themselves in a store while shopping, they're not right. Okay, no one should do that. No one, yeah. no, no matter what they're humming, no matter how happy the tune is, they shouldn't hum. And it's, I, I bring it up because it happens in my wife's. She works at a consignment shop, um, and it happens quite often. Like, she'll text me, another Hummer. <laughs> and, and they're walking. Wait, are yeah, you sure well, that's what she's talking about? We take care of the other part later. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. making a lot of the consignment stories. Exactly. <laughs> but, um, you know, yeah, sorry for the sidetrack. But, yes, those who sing and those who hum are not right in the head. Sounds like you're well, a humbug. Yeah, that, that goes without saying. I always think of the yes, cable guy. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we we're in this kitchen scene with uh, with Ron and Marie, and she's making a sandwich or something. Says like a. <laughs> they're gonna take like thirty minutes or something for her to watch a TV or read yeah. a magazine. Then he takes off this wig. He walks into a squash court, and it's a, so it's so great. it's it's funny because he's asking Marie, "Where are they? Are they in the office or are they in the squash court? Where are they?" And he's it's like the squash court. Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? Well, what what doesn't make yeah. sense about this movie is like you think I would like it because I like movies that are a bunch of random bullshit, but this is like yeah. way too much random bullshit even yeah. for me. <laughs> I love um, it. So I got another clip here for us to play. Well, he's got he, he he does he takes off the wig, but he's yes. got a row yeah. of them, and he's a hair exactly. he's a hair guy he's a hairdresser guy. Yeah, I, I just don't still understand this. Where the fuck are they even at? Whose house is this? Well, it's his studio, I think. <laughs> they're, they're, yeah, they're in his house with near the squash yeah. court. All right, so here we go. I'm gonna play this because uh, I don't know what else to say at this point. <laughs> Kim, I don't know if you appear ungrateful or anything, but I, I think we have to agree that what we're doing just stays normal. You know, I'm calling this business. It's really how I need it to be. You brought a girl. Is that business? I'm talking about a code of conduct. Normal compared to what? Live your life behind the desk. Is that normal? I don't know anything about that, okay? I just know this is about the money, okay? This is business, right? This, is, this has to get done. I have a business. Martin, I have an office. I go there every day. This is something else. Tuna fish? Tuna fish on her birthday? Martin, you gotta wake up. There's no way to treat a lady. I know, I know. So what's this? Credit cards, you name them, I got them. My friend runs a little operation, runs the cards from plates, cuts them out of sheets, clean blind cards. Then we got kids working Macy's for Christmas, they handle the receipts with the numbers on. Credit cards. Exactly. My buddy gets these numbers, he bosses the numbers on the virgin cards. See? Take a card like this, what's the credit limit? 5,000, sell on the street 200 bucks for a $5,000 value. Get the picture? I think so. Clean, untraceable. Can't go wrong. Gotta say, it's more you speak. Don't you think Martin more politically correct than just picture all these nice folks, happy little citizens running around, blowing out their credit limits, huh? What do you think? <laughs> we'll call you. What's that mean? We have to consult. We'll consult best. Jump on it, or call somebody else. Somebody with more vision, right? Because I am doing you a favor here. Oh, fuck you very much. No, 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 no. Thank you so much for stopping by. All right? Thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You are such a fucking tourist. Yeah, sure. That's me. It is you. It is you. I got your history, pal. Ron, let me talk to him. Fuck you. Fuck you. Look at him. You know how many times a week he gets laid? Oh, yeah. Who gives a shit? Right? Neither do I. 15 years 
I know him. Since college. But I wouldn't know. I, I don't think it's happened. You ever been late, Captain? Never. What's it like? You'll never be messed with all kinds of whack shit. You do lots of pictures, huh, man? But you never roll down the windows. And that's made you one fucked up little unit. <laughs> you never played your chances. Man, <laughs> you got lots of toys. But you never played your chances. Oh, that's what I want to do to this so movie. Great, right? No, come on, that's fantastic. When this movie comes on, I'm like, yep, fuck yeah. you very much. <laughs> so great. Have you ever been late? No, never. Uh, it's. Yeah. <laughs> I have a business. I go there. So Kim shoots. Kim shoots desk. Ron. Um, Martin's trying to leave, but then realizes Ron is dead. Yeah. Maria's watching TV, and of course, He's guess dead. who's on the fucking TV again? Yeah, playing oh, yeah. the violin. And he's playing the violin for some reason. Very bad. I don't Very badly yeah. managed yeah. by uh, Mr. Hopper. <laughs> it was so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Martin and Kim carry Ron out and put him in the yeah. trunk of the car. Maurice sees it, but doesn't um, react. I know he's wrapped up, but yeah. it's a body-sized thing they're putting in the trunk. Wrapped up, and she doesn't react. And then she... Yeah, where's... Where's yeah, Kim, Ron? Kim's, like, getting the car. She's I like, know, what I need my, my cake? And my yeah. coat. Uh, Martin goes inside. He, you can tell he's upset, and he gives her a big hug. Tells her happy birthday. Um, she's now finally being a little weirded <laughs> yeah. out after all the shit that's gone on. Yeah. Um, we get back into a scene of them in the car. Kim is like singing and driving the car, fucking insanely fast to the backs of the city. Yes. This yes, is where this he's is doing where, the yep. shoeshine yeah. boy. Yep. Actually. Yep, yep. Yeah. Sorry, we jumped that gun. Uh, Marie then asked where Ron is. Now they've been driving for probably like twenty minutes. <laughs> Uh, Kim says, I don't apologize. <laughs> yeah. Um, he misses their turn, and then a cop pulls up behind them. Uh, he pulls over and tells Ron to hide the briefcase under the seat for some reason. Uh, the cop walks up and tells him that the speed limit's 55 and they were doing 76. Kim hands over his license, um, and he says he was lost on his <laughs> way back to Tokyo. <laughs> uh, Martin's like looking for the registration and Kim's like, oh, I should have set the cruise control. Uh, the cop asks Kim to get out of the car. Kim starts being more difficult, turns the car off and drops the keys and then asks the cop to shine his light in and then shoots him. Yep. Uh, Marie yeah. flips the fuck out as one would. Um, and he shoots the cop again. Martin somehow just calmly walks back to the police yeah. motorcycle to turn the radio off. Um, and Kim's like, I'm not afraid because um, I I was strong, but or I was I didn't th- I didn't think I'd be strong, but I am strong. And he, and he shoots the cop again. <laughs> he holds the gun sideways. Look at his shaking hand. Um, and then he points it up. Look how steady this is. Yeah. Um, Kim tells Maria to get in the car as they throw the cop off the water or off the bridge into the water, um, and they drive off again. Um, now we get another Daniel Strong uh, cutaway, and he's sitting in the rain. Uh, Kim pulls over and starts singing again. Uh, Martin is kind of uh, lost. He doesn't really know what to do at this point because he's just realizing that, you know, this guy he's been kind of idolizing is fucking insane. Yeah, he gets it now. Uh, like, like not cool. Like, he's like, yeah, no, no, we're, we're not doing this. Um, so, um, Kim... This is are we we're approaching uh, 
The gun. Yeah. Um. So, Mer, Mer, sorry, Kim's just trying to stay cool. Marie's like wondering if they called in his license plate, and Kim's like, "Can they tra- trace trace it back to him?" Which I don't understand because it's not even right, Kim's exactly. car. Ron's car. So, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't believe Marie. Uh, Martin's now losing it. Kim has already lost it, and then Kim shows Marie Ron's body, and then she screams again. Uh, Kim says, the past is the past. We need to move on. It's a dead planet. He doesn't need forgiveness. Um, Martin's like, fuck it. I'm done. I'm out. I, 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 you, know, you know what? I thought I wouldn't <laughs> do this, but nope. I'm, I'm fucking done. <laughs> uh, Kim's like, yeah. I'm not done. And then we get, then we get <laughs> a, another little scene here. So I'm going to go ahead and push play. Uh, I don't know. You don't know? You must have an opinion. I don't know. I don't know, because my brain is gone, and I can't even think anymore. Try. Try and think. Check it out. No, Oh, no. no. I'm going to tell you something, and you can tell your boyfriend, and it might help you because it's true. Everything, everything up to this moment is the past. We're done with it. You're concerned about that cop. I'm not. It's clear to me. What was he trying to do? Punish us. It's a dead planet we're standing on. I don't need to be forgiven. What are you shaking your head at? Kim, just lay off. Floated into this. You think this is not your life? Your life? Leave her alone. Hasn't started yet. It's not your adventure, but it's definitely your life. Okay, Kim, you're flipping out. No. Yes, you are. You are. You are, you little. Look, a little. I mean, you're upset. I'm upset. We're all very upset. This is a very upsetting time. And what? Let me have the gun. The gun? Yeah. Because I don't. I, let me just have it for one. What? Just come on. It's my turn. Let me have it. Come on. Like, what am I talking about? Fuck this, man. Fuck this. This is not my life. This has nothing to do with me. What do you mean? I'm done. I'm finished with it. I'm finished. It's over. Just like that? Yeah. Just. Like that. Come on, Marie. Whoa! This is your mess! Martin! Your mess! I'm not gonna get stuck in it. Yeah, so, um, Kim now has shot Martin. In the back. <laughs> in the back, <clears throat> while he's walking away, because he's done with this. <laughs> Fuck this. Um, mm-hmm. while this is going on, it's getting fucking really fucking crazy. Uh, Marie comes up with some piece of wood she finds and hits nice him shot. with it. Um, yep. Martin like takes the wood and then just starts oh, raging yeah. out on fucking Kim and killing yep. him. Like he is just gone. He's like, there's nothing of him left and there. It's just pure animal. Um, uh, he starts yelling that he's stronger than him. That's what I know. And then, uh, Martin and Marie go to each other and cry and, and start hugging each other. Um, then we get no sort of cleanup whatsoever. It's just like random bullshit, random bullshit, random bullshit. Uh, <laughs> and, and we're in a fucking movie theater now watching a horror movie. That's basically the movie that Maria was describing earlier. Uh, as the movie plays out, you know, zooms in on, you know, Marie sitting there and Martin sitting there and Waxling sitting there um, in, in their little private screening room. Uh, Waxley says it's not his cup of tea, but they did spook him. 
<laughs> I love how he's sitting there j- he's jumping <laughs> in his seat. <laughs> Cringing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Martin's like talks about how he's a businessman and how he shopped this movie and made triple his investment. Um, he just keeps the cost low and respects the needs of the audience and you'll make money. Uh, at which point he pulls out an envelope and hands Waxley money right. for the Daniel Strong rights. Which, by the way, that what you just said was the com basically pays off the commentary that I was mentioning before. It's like, look, give them what they want, and uh, just keep keep that machine going, and everybody's gonna make I, some money. Apparently, here. this movie did not make any money because uh, because it did not give me what I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> um, Waxling looks at him and says, "You're my greatest student." Yeah, it's his um, only student. <laughs> he didn't. He, he didn't believe in him before, but now he believes in him. Martin looks so fucking happy that he got his little fucking. Uh, oh, he loves. He likes me. You really like yeah. me. Moment. Well, uh, he's got a very confident. Oh yes, goatee now, he's rocking it. You know. Uh, oh yeah, yeah it, and a pimp in his own now. Is the best. He's made it. Yeah. He's made it. Uh, I, I think there's what's interesting. There is is you also see a a, a huge flip in in a role there you have waxing who's yes sort of kowtowing to martin martin is like yeah exactly <laughs> oh my exactly. son you know all it all it took to give him that real confidence boost he needed was uh murder. Just straight up murder yeah yeah um, <laughs> oh real quick the uh, the girl yep. the dead world dead world girl in in the flick they watched that's raquel welsh's daughter tawny welsh yeah she was in cocoon oh, nice uh, she she didn't act much, but yeah, so you know us old folks know Raquel Welch and had a huh. big crush on her, so her daughter doesn't look bad either. <laughs> uh. Anyway, <laughs> we get another Daniel Strong intro of him walking through a field, and then a, a little uh, voiceover: a boy walks through a door, wondering who he might yep. turn out to be. And finally, <laughs> the best part of this movie: the credits. <laughs> <laughs> because I know this fucker's over. And Doug, remember what you were saying earlier? What's one of your favorite things about He's finishing movie? He's tearing up the notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. I did say that. Finally, I did say that. <laughs> oh, I've been waiting. And here, here's, here's the best part. Somewhere, somehow, some way, somebody is going to make a reference to this movie and you're going to light up on them and you guys are going to talk about it. That is true. That's true. Yep. Yeah, Joe, those notes are the past, brother. They don't matter. Yep. Just because someone finds an industry (laughs) doesn't make an industry. (laughs) All right, boys. So we are at the point where... I feel so so much better now. (laughs) I feel the weight's been lifted. Oh, God. We're at the point where we're going to uh, review this puppy. Yes, yeah, so without further ado, here we go. I am a movie critic by trade, and until recently, I got paid to tell you people which movies merely stink and which ones you shouldn't screen near an open flame. Well, I'm putting the burden of lousy movies back on you. It's very simple. If you stop going to bad movies, they'll stop making bad movies. If the movie used to be a TV show, just don't go. After Roman numeral two, give it a rest. If it's a remake of a classic, rent the classic. Tell them you want stories about people, not a hundred million dollars of stunts and explosives. People, it's up to you. 
If the movie stinks, just don't go. Right. Yeah. We're working on it. That's what she said. <laughs> we'll work Woo! on it. Yeah. No, I'm going to make it longer. No, no, <laughs> like you're four not. more minutes. <laughs> I, I needed that palate cleanser this time. <laughs> so, uh, I, I think we should definitely let Todd go first on this crates. <laughs> uh, you know what? I... One, yeah, zero so to five. Scale, you can uh, explain also ahead of time uh, and if I, you uh, want to. All right. I'm, no, I'm just saying I'm, I mentioned zero to five because I don't know that it's not going to get a zero from one of those two. <laughs> okay. I think I think you have to consider how vehemently and, th- and thoughtfully you've watched, researched, and talked about this movie in the consideration for the rating. Because if it was truly as crap as you, it, it would have been completely panned. Nobody would have said anything. Mm-hmm. Just that's my that's a theory. Okay, so here we go. I I'm going to say it's a uh, out of five for me. It is a three point three seven. Now I will qualify that because. I've recommended it to many people because it is so out there and has so many nuggets and I can see past the the stuff that's like yeah this happened oh, over- <laughs> 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 All right. So that's where I'm at. 37 three what point, I say you said 3.37 three. Three. Uh, as in 37effects.com the word 30, the number 7, FX.com. Right. <laughs> yeah. Nice uh-huh. I'll, I'll go next. I'll say, Todd, you know, the research and, and the deep dive, uh, you know, people research the oh. Holocaust, too. Oh. Like, <laughs> All right. That, wow. Wow. Ah, I love you, Eric. <laughs> oh, you're the best. No. I, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm giving you a little grief. Like I said, there there are redeeming qualities in this movie. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen. Um, I think I think I agree with Doug in that it just it bit off a little more than it could chew. You know what I mean? Um, I don't disagree. So I'm gonna that. have to say, for me, this movie is gonna get a one point nine. Oh damn, Eric! My lowest score yeah. so far. Um, Oh, I don't think like that. That was too long. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. We're gonna save Joe for last because I because I can't wait. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but I really am trying to to bring to mind all the things I enjoyed about this movie. Like I said, the the acting, you know, the performances were were pretty um, outlandish and cool and fun. Uh, they just, you know, the writing, the monologues, the dialogue just dragged on and on and on. And there were some standout scenes. Uh, but yeah, for me overall, it's it's gonna live at uh, one point nine. All right. 
Uh, yeah, gotcha. for me, again, to repeat myself, uh, intent versus execution is my biggest issue with this. Todd, I commend you to the moon and stars and back for your intelligent defense of this movie. And honestly, it honestly swayed me. It honestly <laughs> helped me understand what I saw. Um, and if you hadn't been this, this vehement and, and passionate in your defense, this would have gotten a, a sub two rating from me. But given what we've just gone through for the last two hours, I am going to put this at a 2.1, just barely over the two line. Um, right on. Look, it's not as unwatchable as, as Wonder Woman 1984. So um, for me, anyway, <laughs> I could watch this again where I'll never watch that movie ever again. So that's where I am. All right, so if you just listened to me talk for the past two and a half I hours about this I movie, really didn't. you already know where, where I stand on this. Um, I will say the actor's performances are the only thing that's going to give this movie a bump in my eyes. But I got to make sure I'm in the right mindset before I review this movie, so give me one second. <laughs> oh, oh shit. best movie ever oh all right fucking uh best movie ever no i'm gonna give this movie a probably a point nine. just i don't even want to give it a one but i don't want to be too bad to the oh, actors shit. who did a good job <laughs> and i'm probably like more pissed at it than anything because i had to fucking take notes and write all the fucking <laughs> i probably would have gave it a higher score if someone else had led this episode well, Todd, I I do I do Fair have enough. to <sighs> let you know that. So, we were originally recording this episode a couple of weeks back. But we had some technical difficulties that night. We did get through No Country for Old Men, and the person who just gave this movie a point nine was going to give um, No Country for Old Men a three point five, which is embarrassingly low, but bumped it up to a four because he had also watched this movie that night. <laughs> Yeah, this movie made that so movie get took, a higher score. He took Jeez. a half a point away from Search and Destroy and gave it to No Country for Old Men. I that to me that still doesn't yeah. justify his shit ass explanation for a genius movie like No Country for Old Men. But in any case, that was Joe's logic. Well, you got to remember, I don't like I mean, fucking well, western all right. movies. We're not going to get all. into the fact that that's not a western. But anyway, Todd. <laughs> so, okay. so my personal biases are. What but anyway, uh, yeah. So, Todd, that's what happened <laughs> with that. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I understand. Yeah, this movie like made me miserable. And, <laughs> see, and it's it's weird too because when I'm talking about things like movies and stuff with my friends, they always give me grief about how harshly i criticize things or like even my kids we, they were watching they're watching like the new what's the new mr Mer the new captain america it was like the first show and i i walked in and in two seconds i go well that's not plausible because those guys would <laughs> never be allowed to have those haircuts and they're like and they were army guys right and then there's this one like 30 seconds later where like they're on this football field and he like breaks rank and does like a fist in the air kind of thing. I'm like, that's not plausible. He would never be able to break rank. And they're like, shut up, dad. <laughs> and, and yet I, I've watched this movie like six times and I hate Blade Runner. 
you know so it's like i, I there's something about this yep. that ha- no. that that endeared me to it and i i understand completely all of the criticisms uh you know i you know uh, i get it in, towards this i mean so much respect to you for that because i understand that as well we talked in a previous episode the three of us i mentioned the movie battleship and i mentioned that it is a i will watch it anytime it's on movie and these two guys just they can't get their heads around that but i understand their feelings and completely respect their feelings because it's a shitty movie it's just one that i it's dumb fun this way so i i i understand that i understand the passion that can arise from a movie uh on a personal level and and i completely respect it oh yeah doug let let's put it this way i had one of my movies that i actually ended up changing to biodome was kids I was less depressed watching kids than this. <laughs> wow, that says a lot. Holy shit. No, oh, but Todd, I, um, I would Doug, too. I completely... And listen, there are embarrassing movies, and, and I wouldn't even consider this an embarrassing movie, but I've got movies in my collection that I love that if I showed them to you, you'd be like, there's no inherent value in this whatsoever. Yeah. And, and for whatever the reason, <laughs> whether it's something from childhood or something that just grabbed me a certain way, dude, I have a movie called The Skateboard Kid. Which is about a sentient skateboard voiced by oh Dom DeLuise. Okay. Oh, we okay. I want to watch this. Okay. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> Just because Do- Dom DeLuise. Uh, it's movie. already yeah. got more. It's already got more plot than this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I like. I completely admire your dedication to this film, and I and I get it. You know, it's not for me, but. I I can see what you love about yep. it. Yeah. Everybody's there's got that a, flick in their pocket. Stuff. Everybody does, um, so it's a cool thing. Yeah. I'm just happy that for you guys, Big Trouble's not the lowest rated movie. Yeah, anymore. you know what? <laughs> I, I want to re I just want to re record the ratings uh portion of that episode because I was way too nice. I can't believe I gave no, that like that a three point five and then thought about what the fuck was wrong you're with me. You're just mad because Samantha asked how fucking <laughs> yeah, old exa- this fucker was. Look, I'm the, it, yeah, because I've never been had my had my balls busted for my age with with these people I hang out with now. No, so <laughs> that hurt. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we're yeah, ages. Please. Oh, it hurts me so much. Bring it on, bitches. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Doug, it's, like I said, it's it's a mystery to me. You're somewhere between, uh, I don't know, 50 to 80, Well, depending I'm, on what I'm, we're talking I'm about. I'm older than Todd, but we're in the same decade. It's, it's that simple. Okay. Really? I thought Todd was way younger. I thought he was like my age. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Right, I honestly fine. don't know how I, old you are, but you seem him. like you're I'm my sorry, age. sorry, Todd. Yes, you <laughs> But... Um, <laughs> I would have thought it was maybe in his 30s, but then this movie came up, so that kind of bumps but it up a you little You know bit. what? So, yeah. <laughs> Hello, fellow kids. I do have to say that I think this episode is definitely the reason why we enjoyed doing this cast. More than anything, because there was honest dialogue, and we had people on... We, we needed yes, one of these we had, episodes. We had, we had people on both sides of the table, and it was fun. I had a friggin' blast. Like I, I absent absolute ripper on blast, you know. So awesome. Um, yeah, I did. Too. So um, we want. And exactly. I got and I got three more that's, people that's exactly to watch it. this movie, and more than ah. once. 
It's like you're a masochist. <laughs> no, he's the sadist. <laughs> we're, we're the masochists for oh, watching sure, this multiple yeah. times. He's the sadist. Yeah, yeah, I, I said that backwards. <laughs> um, all right, so we want to do some plugs? All right. Um, oh, yeah. Eric, what do you Hit got? It up. Plug it up. All right, uh, art of Eric Pabone, P-A-B-O-N dot com for all of your art prints for sale, commissions to book. Uh, if you're into stuff that I'm into, like Star Wars, Marvel, DC, uh, general nerdiness, I might yes have something to all that those. interests you. So yeah. check it out. And yeah, uh, Todd, real quick, especially based on your comments about what you made fun of your daughters watching with the Marvel stuff, I think Eric's art would be right up their alley. And mm-hmm. it's so reasonably priced, the prints are, and they are absolutely gorgeous. I've got a, I've got one on my wall, and I'm going to get more. That's just a recommendation. So, yeah, artofericpavone.com. Absolutely, check it look out. Deeper into that, uh, Joe. What do you got? Thank you, sir. A bunch <laughs> of shitty guitar pedals. I like my pedals. Oh, this self-deprecating <laughs> shit is just—they're they, not very—they're not very good. They look like shit. And um, if you want to listen to me on another podcast, which is actually the same thing oh, you're shitty it's called just surprise me um it's bad oh you should listen next or well you should listen like three no or four exactly weeks ago. i don't know fucking when this um, is even coming out but but doug got really doug got um, really drunk and threw Todd, it was, it was bad, pretty man. awesome we got two episodes out of this and, uh, oh and he was talking I, shit about know, steve rowell we'll, we'll take a step back. well by this time it's out and steve is either flown east and beating the living shit out of me or he's fine with it um you know <laughs> Yeah, Todd, it got bad. I, I, wow, it got bad. They're fun to listen to, but it got bad. Um, it doesn't happen often. <laughs> I thought no, it was awesome. well, no, I paused. Did you throw and up made on mic? And and when I came back, I was actually almost coherent. Oh, <laughs> People could understand me better. Um, yeah, that was that was. <laughs> and that that is something that, that the last time that happened was 2016. So it's not something I do often, but it was fun. Anyway, um, so Joe plugged. Um, I'll plug, and then we'll Fantastic. let our guest of honor plug. So I, um, I also build pedals, or I build a pedal, soon to be two pedals, um, uh, the Fat Guy Little Coat Fuzz. And you can find me at 37fx.com, uh, the word 30, the number 7fx.com. And Todd, so please plug away. Awesome, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, give me... Um, so I, I know uh, you can, yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I'm used to doing this part. <laughs> I'm usually teeing it up. So yeah, you can check out the guitar knobs podcast at the guitar And, uh, this is where we interview boutique builders of gear, guitar gear that, uh, that we love and, um, try to learn as much as we can. And you can also check out my band. The Villantinos, uh, and you, that's at thevillantinos.com. We're on Bandcamp, and you go to Spotify. You can listen to the album and all that business, and uh, we'll be working on Excellent. some new stuff as well. But uh, um, yeah. I can't thank you enough, Todd, for, for doing this. I had a great time. It's I think we, I, I can speak yeah. for us all. We all had a great time. and Yeah, all, all jokes about the movie itself aside, and, uh, yeah, it was been fun. Oh yeah, well that's what it's about. Yep. You know, just having having a good old talk about this stuff. I I'm thrilled to be on. I honestly like I've been. <laughs> I, Excellent. 
I'm just so excited to be on uh, the show. I mean, honestly, I love talking about movies and I love talking with other people that love talking about stuff. And I, Thank you. it's great that you guys have the show. Um, and I, I hope it, uh, I will certainly be plugging it on our next episode that we have coming up and we, we talk about, hey, what do we do uh, this week? I can't and wait. This will definitely be, uh, be coming up. Yeah, it's going to be a little while, but... It looks like it's coming out. Well, actually, probably the thirtieth of this month because okay. we had a couple so, movies move hey, around. It's the same month. Because <laughs> of, of, of technical. That's cool. Yeah, it should be coming and, out uh, April thirtieth. Todd, cool. I mean, you're welcome back anytime, dude. You know, we, we might not we might not let oh, you yeah. pick the movie, oh, yeah, but we'll we'll send you a list. <laughs> and, and seriously, we we've, we've got we've got our list booked out through next year, so. We'll send you a list, man. If you want to do one, you let us know, and we'll put you on the list because this was a blast, man. I would love, we'd love to have you back. Oh man, are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely fun, and uh, I like that you can like. Uh, tell no, exactly, exactly. He's a grown oh, yeah. ass man. Yeah. He can stand up for himself. <laughs> <laughs> search and destroy too. Yeah. There is oh, a twenty twenty search and destroy movie. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea what it's about, but. Uh... You know, out of out of just surprise me and masters, I've never missed an episode, <laughs> but I may have. To. <laughs> that's true that's true so yeah well thanks so much guys for having me on absolutely Excellent. anytime i would love to oh, do this again. what is the next movie uh, we got coming out is yeah, it i believe 11? it is yes oceans 2001 11. beautiful movie oceans 11 <laughs> hate that movie i love that movie that's so. it's a great yeah. movie On that Fantastic. note, guys, it's Camera. time for uh, lights. Fuck off. Shoe shine boy. How you do your work so well. Shoe shine boy. Trying to make a little you go somewhere. Are you a guitar player and you like custom stuff? Well, if you are, uh, you've come to the wrong place, honestly. Uh, no, nah, I'm just playing. My name's Joe, and I run a, a little company called Like My Pedals. And I don't believe in websites because they're for suckers. So if you want to find me, you got to go to facebook.com backslash like my pedals and send me a message. You know, when you look at the shelf and you just say, they never have exactly what I want. Well, that's kind of where I come into play for you here. You want a picture of a little tiny Yoda eating a frog's eggs and ruining every hope of Star Wars ever making a good series? Come to me. I'll put it on a pedal. I may not like the show, but I'm definitely not against selling out. Um, if you want electrolytes, because that's what guitar players crave, well, I'll make you a custom idiocracy pedal. You know, it's whatever you want, really, with Like My Pedals, because 
You want people to look at your board and say, man, I like your pedals.